Hello, listeners. Welcome to our very first podcast, um, subsidiary of MFO Radio, which doesn't exist, by the way, so <laughs> we're making that up. Um, but this is the gridiron or uh, the huddle with Sean Thomas and Bajoy Samuel. We're not really sure which way we're going to go with it, but the idea is that uh, it's going to be all about, uh, well, not just about football, but what other topics. Right, to talk about other stories, highlight you know people's faith journeys, talk about things that are about football, but just beyond yeah. what goes on on the field. And just to give you guys a little bit of an insight of why we started this to begin with, again, you know, we don't know how many uh, people are going to be listening in. For all we know, it could just be the uh, six board members, and then maybe one of you guys that accidentally clicked on it. Um, <laughs> or it could be something more, you know? But uh, for us, a lot of the heart is that, you know, Sean and I have had so many, and even with the MFL board, a lot of conversations, uh, not just about football and about the MFL and its history and what it's doing and, like, how much it's evolved, but also just, like, there's so much about football that translates into life. You know, when we think about this being such a community aspect and something that's so important to the culture here in Chicago, it's more than just winning tournaments and you know, getting the trophies, but there's a team dynamic there. There are these are real people that are out on that field, and sometimes there's real issues that are going on, and there's there's real struggles, but there's also like real stories, and so I think that we talked about a lot of that stuff, you know, over time, and we thought it'd be really cool to kind of give um, everyone who has a heart for the MFL and and those who've never even heard of it just some kind of uh, an insight into just like. The, the conversations that we, we generally have. Part of the vision of MFL was to uh, talk about things that are important uh, to people that are outside of football. Talk about life, talk about our faith. Um, and one of the challenges I think that we faced was it's hard to do that on tournament day. Uh, I know I have had a couple of years where I try to give a speech or talk about something broader than football. And, you know, I do it at the end of the tournament and half the team is or half the players there are like demoralized from just losing and don't want to <laughs> don't want to listen to a guy talking about life and the other team is like nursing their wounds and you know and stretching out their That's their so cramps true. and they're like I don't want to 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 hear this at that moment so it was, it was tough to to find a place where we could we could talk about uh things that are that are more a little bit more deeper than yeah than and I think football. I think this is a good platform you know we've never done this whole podcast thing but we just felt like, hey, like there's a lot to talk about. We want to talk about NFL. We want to talk about football, but also a lot of things about football tie into real life. So, so uh, how did you get involved in NFL, and why, why is it that you play Bajoy? So I, um, so I'm on Team Six, and in all honesty, that's I have Martha my team. That's the Martha my team. Yep, it's one of the Martha my teams. Um, I haven't played in a in a couple of years now, you know, and we'll get into that. But um, yeah, when I first started out, it was. It's awesome, man. I just loved the, um, just the community aspect of it, and just like, I felt like we're going into battle with like mm-hmm. people that I knew and people that I didn't know that well and got to know, you know. So it was like older and younger, and we were just like on a mission together. And I loved just like the community aspect of it, and and working together to try to like, you know, achieve this goal and win this tournament and stuff like that, and. Um, so it, for me, it was just a very, very large part of just like being a part of the community, you know, and I love the game. I mean, I love football. So why, why did you stop playing for the last two years? You know, a lot of it is just commitment. 
Um, I, I mean, I loved it at that time. And it, people are, who are listening right now are going to be cringing because they're like, oh, dude, like, you don't, you're not married or have kids. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about commitment? You know, but it was just, you know, we were going to two practices like a week. And it was like hours and then trying to balance it out, especially over the summer. I had a lot going on and I was like moving and work and traveling and all kinds of things. So it's just like... So you have commitment issues. That's that's why. <sighs> okay. That's that's a separate <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that's our that's marriage, what, that's that's our marriage and relationship that's, series. That's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's been... it's been. I mean, I'm still involved in the sense that like I still keep in touch with all the guys that are on the team and I'm still aware of everything that's happening. But yeah, I just haven't played in a little while too. But what about you? Oh, what got me into yeah, MFL okay. to begin with? Yeah. So I, so I was part of MFL from since 1999 when Robbie Abraham first started the tournament. But I, I just enjoyed just the community, just playing mm-hmm. football. And when when MFL first kind of died down a little bit, and then you know we tried to resurrect it, we it turned into like a church tournament. And for the longest time, I didn't know. I, I didn't grow up in a Malali church. Uh, I, I just went to kind of a local Catholic church, you know, two blocks away, and yeah. went to CCD, went to Sunday school there. And so it wasn't until they moved the tournament to a church-based tournament that all of a sudden I had to start asking questions of like, well, what church do I belong to? Mm-hmm. And it, and then, yeah, you know, it, it seems Sir Malabar kind of takes anybody who's uh, who's Catholic, and you know mm-hmm. that's that's the church that I most closely identify with. And so I met a lot of these guys that I didn't know, um, but just because I wanted to play football and they were willing to accept me to be part of the team, yeah, I got to know a lot of those, a lot of those guys. Got to know them pretty well to the point where, like a couple years ago, I was asked to teach Sunday school at Sir Malabar, yeah, which I never would have dreamed of, you know, because yeah. I never grew up in that church or was was part of that community. And it was through football where I actually got. A taste of what that community was like, and and comfortable enough to to want to give back and contribute. Yeah, and it's cool because you know, I mean, we're we represent two different teams here, you know, um, Ciro and, and the Martho team, but it's like we're pretty. I would say we're pretty strong competition for a while, you know, at least in terms of like going back and forth, like we're rivals for for a long time, you know. Right, right. And then OPD became a rival. I mean, there's a lot, you know, but. It's cool to see that even from two different denominations that like this is life outside out off the field mm-hmm. is that you know you and I have a friendship and we we have a lot of discussions about things and talk about life and football and stuff so it's cool to just see how how much MFL has affected even that it's awesome that we've been doing this uh for so long you know every year it's been like what the second week of August. You know, in, in the beginning, it wasn't the second Saturday of August. We'd actually go to each team captain and be like, "Hey, when can you? When are you got? When is your team free to play? Or when can't you make it?" And then the challenge with that is, we got a lot of captains who had different dates on when they could play. And so, if you have one team that says that they can't play on one date, and another team says they can play on another date, then how do you choose what date to play on? Because you're gonna screw over one team or the other. So, w- one thing that we did was we said, "Okay, let's just have a set date." And whoever can whoever can make can make it, and that way it's not we don't have to make this weird choice yeah. of like yeah your team can play but now your team can't. It's awesome, uh, you know. Every year there's always something different about the tournament. I mean, just in terms of how it's evolved and how it's grown. But uh, this is the third year that we're doing a women's tournament, which actually just wrapped up. So, like, how did that go? Oh, it went 
uh, I, I thought it was an incredible competition. I was I was refing uh, the tournament, and so I only saw like one side of the of the game during during pool play. But what was what was interesting that was that there was one like almost like a Cinderella team where they played the last two years as well. You know, didn't make it to the finals. You know, kind of lost in the first round of playoffs, and then this year, kind of you know, they lost their first two games during the pool play, and then they what came in as the last seed. And I don't know what they ate for lunch, <laughs> what happened in between pool play and playoffs, but they pulled off two incredible upsets where they knocked out. You know, two higher-ranked uh, seeded teams to make it to the finals against the defending champions. Went toe to toe against the defending champions, uh, moved it to overtime, and then just barely lost the defending champs. So um, it was awesome to see the the heart and like the just the improvement in within a span of a few hours. And there were some incredible plays that hopefully will be making a, a woman's highlight reel to. To show everybody else who wasn't able to make it, just how incredible uh, the women played. You know, it's another thing interesting about so the women's tournament, which is awesome. Like that's uh, hopefully that'll continue to grow as years go on. But it's cool also to just see like the new and up and coming talent. You know, like at some point, a lot of guys are gonna that have been playing for a long time that maybe family life or they're just getting aged or whatever it may be. Like like you said before, it goes from you know the youngest to like 40 and some you know but it's cool to see these like young guys that are up and coming now you know and and every tournament there's always somebody that just like comes out of nowhere and is like wow that's a that's future talent like they're gonna be the ones that are leading these teams and they're gonna be the playmakers going forward and, and that makes it hard to predict what's gonna happen in the next tournament uh you know one year you think that oh this team is not gonna be a competitor and then every year, I feel like all my predictions are, are, are proved wrong, you know. And there's, and I think what's, what's interesting about the young people is that their their IQ, their strength, their speed just improves exponentially in a short period a short period of time. That you know, especially on my team, there's one guy who is second string uh, corner uh, one year, and then two years later becomes our go-to starting receiver. You know, you just never, you can never just predict how quickly these young kids improve and give the old guys a run for the money for their, their top spot. We talked about, like, um, I think we both shared this. Like, one thing we loved about the MFL and the teams that we play on was just, like, the community aspect of it and just, like, playing football and getting to know these guys, you know? I remember uh, there was a guy on our team, in Team 6, that, you know, when he first started to play, he, he was on the sideline, you know? Like, he barely got much playing time. And I remember he was always geared up and his family had come to watch him and he probably went in for the whole tournament maybe in pockets like a, a couple minutes here and there. Uh, what was amazing is that he was a young gun and just like still supported the team, still encouraged everybody, like still celebrated, still did all these things. And then the next year he became like one of our like strong receivers and he was in the game all the time and he was a starter. So it's awesome to see just like how these young guys are, are growing and, and how they've come and made leaps and bounds to, to who they are now and who they're going to be in the future. Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's a testament to that, that player's character because I feel like it's really difficult for, for people to feel like they're a part of a team if they don't have that playing time. You know? And I think that's a challenge that a lot of teams run into is how do you manage you know, a bigger team and making sure that everyone feels like they're contributing. Um, 
but it's it's awesome when when someone you know sees the big picture and says like okay well you know my skills you know are here at the moment but i can learn so much from watching other people or from competing against um other players at practice and i just have to bide my time to yeah you know fight for that starting spot and next year or the year year to come we gotta we have to talk to people like that <laughs> it'd be cool just to like you know these guys that were on the sidelines or oh, these yeah. younger guys and you know, just like what what's pushing them what's motivating them like yeah uh, how much are like why they weren't discouraged by yeah. not getting playing time that one year and what made them to yeah to come back you know year after year and, and earn that that spot yeah so um come on out and support the tournament we're about a month away um and we will be uh, just connecting with you guys trying to do this on a weekly basis um i promise there'll be uh things that we'll be talking about of substance but you know we just wanted to intro it and uh let you guys know what we're doing and kind of the heart behind it um ultimately like we said from the beginning for us it's we want this to be an avenue to talk about football and talk about the MFL and the tournament and the people and get to know all of that. But also just talking about um, translating a lot of the stuff that we deal with in football and applying that to just life, you know. Um, so a lot to talk about. We'll have some fun. But thanks for uh, tuning in to our first podcast, uh, The Gridiron, with uh, Sean Thomas and Bajoy Samuel, part of the MFL Radio. 